This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Friends. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting zennovascotia.com. Years ago, when I was at the monastery for the very first time, uh, I was sent outside for a work period and we were picking weeds just by hand. And I was stationed next to an older Japanese monk. And we were just picking and picking. And you're not really supposed to talk, but at one point he kind of laughed to himself and he said, he said, each one of these is a bonno. Bonno is, is the Japanese word for klesha, uh, which means a, there are lots of ways of talking about it, but uh, it's a hindrance or it's, it's a, it's a mental poison. It's these are the obstructions in our lives, are the the kleshas. So he was saying that every time he was picking one, he was trying to pick one out of his mind. He was in, he was, it helped him along. He liked this, and I kind of laughed, and and afterwards I could all I could I could never dissociate that act from from what he had said. But now, years later, I still think about that joke a lot. <laughs> because what I thought at the time, and didn't say, was that he was just moving them around. They were still there. He was just putting them in a wastebasket. I bring up kleshas because I... I read somewhere recently that uh, a teacher referencing eliminating kleshas. This is a really common phrase and a common idea. And I find that maybe starting from that moment, picking weeds, that that has never made much sense to me. So I thought I would talk about that a little bit. Bonno, again, is, it's, it's also delusion in the sense of delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to put an end to them. It's bonno mujin se gando. And in the most traditional sense, we would say that we have three primary kleshas, three primary bonno. And these are also referred to as the three poisons. So attachment, aversion, and ignorance. And then, or sometimes we say greed, hatred, and delusion. But then, well, that's all we need. Part of the sophistication, I think, of the three poisons is that you can look at any mental state and kind of drop them into one of those three baskets, I think. It's, it's an incredibly useful configuration. But... But the tradition also gets more subtle than that. So we also say the five poisons, for example. So then we have attachment, aversion, ignorance, pride, and envy. And then I believe at one point we get into the ten poisons. And it goes on and on. Uh, fear, anxiety, depression. Any mental state that feels like, like the act of, of constricting, right? something that's narrowing, something that that takes hold of your mind, 
has that aspect of being a hindrance from the tradition of, the, of from the perspective of the tradition, and so it's a klesha. A couple of weeks ago, we had a storm, and uh, tomorrow we might again. I'm told. And after the storm, like everyone else, I was out shoveling snow. And it took quite a long time. It was, it was a really robust start to winter. And I have this experience every time I shovel snow. I get really into it, you know, because it feels so pressing. It feels really important. I have this sense that if I don't succeed at this task, that I'll be trapped and my family will starve. And, and so it, it uh, uh, I can kind of put a lot of energy into this, and I'm doing this, and I'm, I'm pushing the snow over here, and I'm pushing the snow over here. And, and for a while, it's just like the, the monk who's picking weeds. You know, I, I have this feeling that I'm getting rid of something, but I'm not. I'm just building little mountains. right? I'm rearranging my problems. And then, because it's Halifax, one day it rains all day, and all the snow is gone. And I look outside and I think, yes! My problems are gone! These are two ways in which we misunderstand kleshas. The first is to imagine that, that something can be eliminated from our lives. When all we've done is kind of put it, put it to the side. The second is to imagine that something is real. From a, a technically Buddhist standpoint, kleshas are not real in the same way that snow is not real, which is to say that it, it has no permanent self. Snow is just a stage. It's a stage of water. It's, it's ice. And if we lived in a colder planet, then we would say that water is just a stage stage of ice, right? It's neither one nor the other. It's just where it is today. We call it snow. And when it's snow, we call it a problem, if you're me, because it's in our way. And it's consuming. And it literally makes our lives narrower, right? It, it limits our, our freedom of movement. So we, we, we try and bust through it, right? And, and we, we shovel and shovel and shovel, and every once in a while someone comes along and helps us and, and seems to, again, eliminate our problems. We think, oh, thank you. We have a relationship with the parts of our mind that we don't like. These parts of our mind that feel stronger than us. that is itself an embodiment of the three poisons. No matter how we say it, maybe we want to get rid of those aspects of our minds, in which case that's aversion. Or maybe we want to be someone who just doesn't struggle with these things, in which case that's attachment. It's attachment to a view. It's attachment to an ideal, to a fantasy. 
And again, in either case, it's ignorance because we're deluded about how the whole thing works. We imagine, I imagine, and I, I think fear is a good example of this because fear can be so limiting that, that fear is, it's as if I'm a glass of water and fear is, is an Alka-Seltzer tablet. Right? You drop it in and it completely changes the atmosphere of me. Right? There's no corner of that glass of water that isn't different. Or, or, or if you like, it's like food coloring. Right? But in reality, it's something more like bees. <laughs> Fear is like a swarm of bees. They go all around us. And, and if you really want to be limited by bees, <laughs> if you want your entire universe to look like nothing but bees, what you do is you try to swat them away. <laughs> then you'll find out what bees are really all about. But we do it. Or we run. And when you run from bees, it's, it's like having a little rain cloud that's following you everywhere, right? You think, there's no place I can go with no bees. <laughs> the cloud follows you. It follows your head. It's terrifying. But people who have a little bit more experience with bees and a little bit more objectivity of bees and who aren't completely thrown by the sight of bees recognize that if you just stay still your relationship to them is very different. Now, staying still doesn't make them... They don't go away. Right? It's not a video game. But some of them will go off somewhere else. And some of them will slow down. Some of them might even land on you. And when they do that, you can examine them. And you can see how they actually feel. And you can see how they actually move. And you can see what they're really doing. And they become fascinating. But most importantly, when you look up from that bee, now that you're so still, you see that the world is not bees. You see that bees are just these tiny little things. These tiny little things that under certain conditions have a tendency to congregate and under other conditions, have a tendency to become aggressive. Just by force of will, you can't put them somewhere else. And trying to eliminate them will cost you. And so you have option C, which is to see past them. That's hard. It's hard for me. I think that if we, if we set out to eliminate the conditions of our mind so that we're only left with the conditions of mind that we like, we're failed from the start. But what we can do, and I think that this tradition speaks to this very well, is that we can think about not only how we feed those conditions of mind and how we create those causes and conditions within our own minds, 
but then we can take from that, we can extrapolate that information and consider how we do that in other people's minds. And we can start to refrain. If you worry about attachment, aversion, and ignorance, for example, in your own mind, if you worry about them, if you see your own mind as your enemy, then those three things are functioning in exactly the way that they're kind of designed to. Your loop becomes very, 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 very small. So step one is just give up. Let go for a moment of the idea that your mind gets to feel the way that you want it to. That you get to design your experience. And instead, start thinking about other people's experience. Start thinking about the ways in which you contribute to attachment, aversion, and ignorance. And then consider these three three ways of holding back. I'm sure there's a better word. One, don't seduce. Don't try to lure someone into something, into an idea, into an experience, into an emotion. Right? Don't feed attachment in someone else. Don't try to find that button on someone and manipulate it. Don't advertise. Next, don't attack. Consider what it means to be aggressive, what it means to push, what it means to place someone in a situation in which they need to push back and enter into the mode of aversion. And then three, Don't lie. Don't lie to yourself. And don't lie to someone else. Don't encourage ignorance. Don't traffic in ignorance. Don't let ignorance stand. When the bees start to kind of calm down and they settle a little bit, and you look up and you see what the world looks like, you see what I mentioned before, which is that the world is not made of bees. But you probably also notice that other people are surrounded by bees. (laughs) Right? All the time. That's critical information for your life. And the question how do I help that person see past that is a much more constructive and more powerful question, in my opinion, than how do I get rid of these bees? Because to my knowledge, no one has yet figured that out. It's like shoveling someone else's walk. It's very different from shoveling your own. The feeling of it is different from your own. The, the, the idea of success is different from your own. Very different. 
I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.